Servus, hallo und cheers! Welcome to the No Cheers No Story Podcast. I'm Verena Borel, your host, and today's episode is obviously not in German, but in English, because of my interview guest today. I'm so thankful to have the one and only Monica Burke at the show. And yeah, I'm more than happy to share with you her wise words and inspiring experiences now. And as you maybe know, Monica is not only one of the most innovative, influential and creative bartender and bar owner in our spirits world and bar bubble, but she's also a co-founder of the non-profit poor organization. We had poor on the show with Jörg Meyer. I put uh, the link to this episode in the show notes. And Monica is a worldwide speaker as well. So I had the pleasure to meet Monica at the Deutsche Cocktailmeisterschaft in November in Baden-Baden. And there she has given an inspiring and interesting workshop. And so I asked her for a podcast interview. And so here we are. Additionally to this podcast interview, I'm writing a bartender portrait about Monica for the German Drinks magazine. That will be published in spring. So stay thirsty for more written words about Monica. But now back to the episode. Monica will talk about creativity and efficiency in modern bar life. Where you find new inspirations. What steps are important by putting a new drink on the menu and how you build a successful bar team for the case that you are maybe a bar owner. Additionally, I talk with Monica about gender equality and why this topic is as difficult as important in modern bar life. So many things, many important things and I hope you will enjoy this interview. Have fun, stay thirsty And cheers. Monica, I'm so, so grateful that you find time um, to give me a short interview for my podcast. So welcome to No Tears, No Story. Oh, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. <laughs> I guess that everybody knows you, but just in case that anybody is living in a hole or something. <laughs> um, please, can you just introduce yourself um, and maybe tell the audience um, where you are living and working at the moment? Yes, of course, no problem. So my name is Monica Berg and I am originally from Oslo, uh, Norway. Uh, but for the last six years, I've been based um, in London. So... Um, Uh, obviously, uh, my work uh, these days let, allows me to travel quite a lot, um, but my base or my home or whatever um, I come back to is, is uh, London. Um, and at the moment, we are working on uh, multiple different projects, but one of the biggest projects is to open our own bar, which hopefully will um, happen next year. Many projects. I think you are an awesome creative person i would really love to talk about creativity and um, maybe my first question is what helps you to be creative concerning bars and drinks yeah i, I think that um everyone um everyone 
channels creativity differently and for for me it's definitely very important to be part of a team because I always think that uh, as much as you can have good ideas by yourself um, great ideas are always uh, a team effort so sometimes it can be that I have an initial idea I, I work on it for a while and then I bring it to the team and then the team will feedback you and help you to to get the final 20% um, but it can also be um, other things that you need to, for example, make sure that you also uh, think about other things than just drinks and flavors and, and, and work. Because sometimes uh, to be creative, you have to be inspired by other things in life. So it can be anything from going to the gym, to going to the movies, to a museum, or to read a book um, that is uh, completely uh, unconnected, but still connected uh, in other ways. So I think that creativity is just about seeing the potential um, in everything and applying it to, to whatever you're working on. What inspires you personally? Um, I would say that my biggest inspiration um, is people because I really enjoy uh, being part of uh, people's lives in the sense that uh, for for the guests, that I work with, I enjoy being part of their uh, experience. I enjoy it when you can see people uh, are trying something new and they like it. Maybe they're a little bit scared. Maybe they're a little bit, they don't know even know if they like it yet, or maybe they don't like it, but it's giving them something that they have never uh, seen or heard or tasted before, perhaps. And, and I really want to to make people happy. So I think um, that was also one of the reasons why I first started in the bar industry was because I enjoyed the social interactions um, between people. Yeah, that's a good point. And another thing that you said is that um, sometimes inspiration comes in, in a completely different place. So I think it's always a good thing when you sometimes let go things mm -hmm. when i go to the gym i often have the best ideas because then i let go all the pressure of exactly. work and um, then the, the the ideas come so yeah that's that's really nice that you that you say that um, inspiration lies everywhere And, um, yeah, for you in the contact with other people. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes it's uh, some I feel that some sometimes the difference between chefs and bartenders has traditionally been that um, chefs, they are in the kitchen creating the dishes. Mm. They are um, assembling all the ingredients, whereas bartenders, we do the same thing, but we also take care of people we also host people we also uh, interact with our guests mm -hmm. up front so it's a it's a different process and um if you come to me and say that you want a martini and um, since i have the privilege that i can talk to you face to face i can also custom make it for you right there and then so maybe I my my starting point is a classic martini but because of something you say or something you say you don't like or like I can just make tiny variations and, and you you can create something special for that moment so I think um, if you listen to people I think there's a lot of uh, inspiration that lies there 
Yeah. Um, is that maybe one one tip that you would give any bartender that um, on the one hand, it is important to go with open eyes and an open nose um, through the world. But the other thing is that you really listen to your guests and not try to put your ideas on the menu, but on the first step that you listen what your guests want to drink? Oh, absolutely. I think in, 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 uh, with drinks or food or flavors or in general, I would say that, um, to be able or to be open uh, to listen to other people's opinions is always a great, uh, feature. And, and you can sometimes you can sense that, um, some people, they ask you questions, they ask for your feedback, but they are not ready to listen to the answer one of the most and it sounds really stupid almost but you learn a lot from just listening to people mm. you know yeah so you just said that um you are at the moment working on a bar concept so i guess that you are working on the drink menu as well so maybe can you share a process of setting a new drink on the menu so What are the, the different steps that you are going from the idea till that the drink is really on your menu? So what are the steps that you should mm -hmm. take into consideration? Well, I think that um, isolated, uh, I would say that a drink is, is more than just a drink because I, it, it needs to fit in with the overall theme of the menu or, or the bar or, or, or even... Um, the kind of city or country you, you live in. So I would say that um, normally when we create whole menus, we look at the whole menu first and try to build it up. Uh, so it has a good uh, theme uh, behind it, that it's logical, that it fills all the or ticks all the boxes. And then we do the individual uh, cocktails last. And I think that uh, my philosophy for drinks has always been uh, a very simple approach. I, I do tend to be guided by flavor rather than like the ingredients. So I, I would say that I want this style of flavor um, rather than I want to make a whiskey cocktail. So mm -hmm. I would start with the, the flavor profile that I want and then try to fill in um, the dots of what can give me that results um, and I like to keep it very minimalistic I in personally enjoy uh, when I can kind of work with five six ingredients at the very most um, and I always I don't know why but I've always um, tried to make my cocktails um, as complex as possible but without necessarily using a lot of sugar a lot of syrups a lot of these type of things I, I enjoy very much to use the natural resources uh, from the ingredients where it's if if it's fruits or if it's natural sweeteners or if it's the alcohols themselves so um and then of course it's the most important thing at the end of it is always you have to ask yourself uh, is it delicious because if it's not delicious then that's what's the point you know it, <laughs> yeah. it can be it can be very creative very innovative or very exciting but if it doesn't taste nice then it's kind of rather pointless and it, it has to taste you but your guests as well so 
That's exactly, maybe exactly. so. Uh, I, I think it's really interesting that you start with the flavor profile. So when you have your your drink that you really like, what's next? The next step for me would be then to run it uh, through the team, um, and we have uh, a few people uh, that we work with very closely, and they would all taste the drink. Most of the time, that would lead into um, doing some alterations just minor just uh, adjusting the the ratios of the ingredients or maybe add one uh, mm -hmm. more element um, and then just look at the techniques find the right uh, way to prepare it the right way to serve it and then you would uh, probably test it out on on the guests yeah what about the calculation because i mean now you are not only a bartender but you're a, yeah a businesswoman you you own your own bars and you're in a manager position um mm -hmm. so you have to take into consideration that the drink is doing well in case of money so besides creativity what are maybe important skills or important things that a modern bartender or a business owner as well has to take into consideration besides the creativity and that it uh, tastes really nice well as you say uh, when you when you are looking at the drinks uh, from a different perspective rather than flavor and and deliciousness it it would be from the business side obviously you have to do the calculation and the costing and see if this Uh, drink actually has the potential to to make any money and uh, you have to decide the price that where you can make money and you also have to uh, be sure that you can source all the ingredients all the time because if you choose to make cocktails with rare ingredients that are difficult to source then mo most likely half of the time the the drink won't be uh, available on the menu uh, which also makes it pointless to have it on the menu because i think that if you put a drink on the menu, you should be able to serve it at any given time. Unless, uh, for whatever reason, there's an unforeseen incident that makes it, there's a strike, so there's no deliveries, or there's a power shortage, so for the next three hours you cannot serve it. But on a regular basis, you need to be able to serve everything on your menu. Otherwise, what's the point of the menu? Yeah, yeah. Right? And um, concerning the price, I just talked to Karl Wiemann from Himcock. At Himcock, they have um, the fixed prices. I mean, you know it, you, you, you made it. How do you calculate such an idea of fixed prices with creative drink making? Um, I mean, if you do fixed prices, you just have to make sure that the the, the prices will cover the average uh, mm -hmm. cocktail because some cocktails will be making less money, some po uh, or profits, some cocktails will be making more profits, but on the average, on um, they will give you uh, an acceptable uh, profit. So um, it's just, it makes it in, in some bars, it makes it easier for the bartenders to work, to work fast, to work um, efficiently when it's really busy. So some, uh, some bars choose to work like that. Other bars, they, use, uh, they choose to do more differentiated pricing where you 
um, calculate the cost of each individual cocktail and you price it according to the cost of that cocktail. So it would mean that uh, if a cocktail is really expensive um, or if a cocktail is uh, really inexpensive, you still apply the same profit margin so that the the difference here would be the cost of the ingredients. So you it, it's just different uh, yeah. philosophies and strategies. It sounds so complicated, this <laughs> whole calculation thing. So are you doing that at the moment for the new bar or do you have oh, anybody I mean, who is doing it for you? No, no, no. We, uh, we do it ourselves because, I mean, you have a full team of people and different people within the team, they need to have different skills. So a bar manager would need to know how to do all the calculations because it's assumed or it's expected, at least in my opinion, that this person needs to be able to do the budgeting, to do the cost, to do the like day-to-day -day operations. Um, and part of that would be to to do the costings. Um, of course, I would also say that if you have a head bartender, a head bartender should also be able to do the costings of, of cocktails. You started as a bartender and now you're a bar owner and a bar manager. So how do, did you learn all those things starting by calculation and yeah building a team i think that's an other important point as well <clears throat> well i mean i think probably my background is a little bit um different uh, from from some bartenders so it's um I started as a bartender, but I also studied um, economy and finance um, oh, that's when I was good. younger. So, I mean, obviously that does help. So yeah. it's um, smart step. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of, it. I've always enjoyed numbers and I always, um, they always made sense to me. So I, I and also I think at, at some point, um, It's not necessarily about how much money are you uh, earning or making. Uh, it's about um, by doing all these steps, doing all these calculations, taking the time to do that. How much money are you preventing to lose? Because uh, if a bar does well, it's not mm -hmm. about making more money always. It's about making, uh, earning more efficiently. Yeah, yeah. And what about the teams? How did you maybe now at the new project build your team? So we don't have our full team yet, but the way that we um, think about it is that we want to have an, um, as much diversity within the team as possible. So, of course, we try to find people with different backgrounds, people with different strengths and people with different interests um, so that we can all kind of learn and grow together. Um, and I think that a lot of, and this is not only within bartending or, or running bars, but this is in in companies in, in general that you have a tendency a lot of the time for leaders or for uh, owners to kind of hire the same people as themselves um, <laughs> to kind of prevent too much tension. I don't know, but people like to hang out with 
people that reminds them of themselves. And the problem with that sometimes is that if there's if everyone has the same background and the same experience and the same point of view, then there's no one to identify when something is wrong. There's no one to question, are we really doing this in the best way? Because nobody knows better. And it's not necessarily that something uh, one way is wrong and one way is right, but it's a Applying is is about applying your experiences to find the best way for for you, and yeah. the best way is probably somewhere between A and B, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, that's the thing with the listening to other people again. Yeah, 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 absolutely. When when you are good with numbers, what would be a position that you need to make a whole thing? from your talents for me i i understand numbers uh, okay and uh, i enjoy making cocktails but maybe i would have to for instance i i'm not very good at coffee and i we need to serve coffee so i want someone who knows a lot about coffee i know want someone who knows more about hosting people i, I want someone who enjoys doing prep so it's all about finding all the things that we need to do and then just trying to find people that are uh, good at these things uh, but also uh, i think it's important that um to be a, a, a truly integrated part of the local community you also need to find people that are living in the in the area around so hopefully mm -hmm. we will be able to to work with a few organizations that Uh, do trainings for for younger uh, not kids obviously but younger um, adults that are um, maybe um, trying to find out what they want to do or um, trying to to try new business industries to work in and yeah, I don't know we'll we'll see we have uh, some good conversations with the local authorities oh wow that sounds interesting really good um, but yeah, concerning the team building, I think it's a perfect that you start with what you don't like or what you don't, <laughs> uh, what you don't good at, and then you pick the people. I think it's a it's a great point. Besides your bar managing and bartending, you're a speaker and you're traveling the world and. Um, I was thinking that it would be a wonderful thing to talk a little about um, gender equality with you. The thing is that um, I personally see that in Germany, um, female bartenders become more and more self-conscious. And especially in cocktail competitions, they are rocking the thing. And it's so cool to see that there's so many um, young women and Yeah, I mean, people like Bettina Kupsar that are really, really good um, and are seen from our bar world and society. But I think that there are still plenty of room to grow, I would say. And there are still maybe some hidden but big problems concerning gender equality in bar life but in the whole spirits business as well what do you think about the current situation what is it in bar life in london and yeah what are your thoughts about this topic i think it's a very big and very difficult topic to mm -hmm. 
uh, or uh, to narrate. And I think it's um, also it's one of those topics that are very differently perceived by different people because uh, let's say for me I grew up in, in Norway which is supposedly one of the most equal countries in the world uh, but you also have examples that shows it's really not necessarily equal in any ways as as well but uh, Definitely, there are things that I never experienced while living in Norway that I have experienced uh, since I left uh, Norway. And uh, just the understanding of of the word gender equality. And I think that it's important to remember this because um, different countries, different uh, societies will have to approach this topic differently um, with, to be able to get to the same place eventually. And I think that within the bar industry, um, I was lucky that in Oslo, when I came up as a bartender when I grew up uh, many, many years ago, but um, it was very much uh, encouraged to have women behind the bars. Mm -hmm. um, and for the first, I would say for the first 10 years of my career, I was just a bartender. Nobody even thought about uh, calling me a female bartender because nobody, there wasn't a distinction because... That's wonderful, I'm, yeah. Like I could do whatever I anyone else could do and probably do it faster. But like um, eventually people started asking me about how it feels to be a female bartender. And in the beginning, I was probably I was too young to realize or uh, to understand the full um, weight of that questions because I kind of brushed it off and I said, no, I'm not a female bartender. I'm a bartender. Yeah. But then I started traveling and I started to see what are challenges elsewhere. And especially outside maybe of Scandinavia, outside of Northern Europe. Um, and you see that there's a very, very uh, real struggle for female bartender to get the same opportunities, to get the same possibilities and outlooks as maybe their their male uh, equivalents. And I started to think that, okay, um, maybe it's a little bit uh, uncomfortable for me to always have to answer these questions, but at least um, I have a voice that I can use. So I will have to do it because if I don't take that responsibility, I'm not going to contribute in making hopefully it better for the next generations. So um, a few years ago, I made the, the decision that I will always promote uh, women uh, within our industry and in, in general, but I will always promote and support uh, women in our industry, whether it means that I sometimes go around and I do seminars about um, um, gender equality, I do talks about it, I do always try to be uh, approachable for any uh, young uh, women out there. When they they write to me and ask me for advice, I always take the time to, to answer. Um, and I always try to make sure that in any kind of things that I do where I am responsible or, or where I have the influence to say I want to work with other women as well, um, I do. Because as much as we always in our industry see that all the brands, everyone now are jumping on this trend to be um, equal um, opportunity, equal rights, um, mm -hmm. they, st they still sometimes forget 
to actually apply it to the things that they do. Because even if all the brands now talking about how important it is to, to support women, you still have bar shows, you still have, uh, <laughs> have, uh, uh, events that are fully, um, uh, sourced only with men. So yeah. if you have a bar show and you're building a speakers list and you only contact male speakers, <laughs> yeah. then you're missing out. And then they always say the same. Uh, and it's like, yeah, but there's no women. I'm pretty sure there is a lot of women out there. Sometimes you need to actually pay more attention or, or just do your job better because there are women and there are amazingly talented women and, and probably they would be great speakers as well. Yeah. And many of them are. You're so right. And I think that it's, it's so good that you are doing what you do and the world needs what you're doing. The first thing that I thought was when you said, um, your, your first reaction when you was younger was like, um, no, I'm not a female bartender. I'm a bartender. And I think that's would be a nice goal that we have a world where it is like that that you are mm. just a bartender so i'm not a friend of saying um, it's a big difference female male but i think that at the moment we are not yet at this point that it is that you are just a bartender no matter what gender you are so i think it's really important that you are doing um, what you are doing at the moment and From my point of view, um, as a journalist and as an author, it's very interesting to see because um, you said that um, sometimes just male speakers were invited. And um, so one problem is as well that um, the people who are writing about the bar scene are male as well. I know more uh, male authors and journalists working in spirits and bar world as um, women so this is another point that uh, yeah maybe leads to the to the case that um, the men in the bar world are more promoted and more seen and I think it's really good that you say and it's really true that you say there are women but maybe you should have a closer look or you should take some time to find them there are some spirit brands who try to support them yeah but there are still plenty of room to grow <laughs> mm, yeah. absolutely but also i think that uh, in this context as well it's important to to also say to all the ladies that uh, out there that are um ambitious and want to to move on in their careers that they need to also um, do their part um, yeah. because they need to uh, reply to those emails uh, get a proper headshot get a get a bio and and do the things that the, the the male colleagues are doing because only then will they be able to compete in the in the same um, level as well Yes, you have to step into your power as a female bartender as well as a male bartender so that you don't hide yourself behind the bar. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Because sometimes, and a lot of the time, um, who gets the coverage or who gets the article, it can sometimes just be coincidence because sometimes journalists, they work under very tight uh, schedules and, and deadlines. And when they send out an email to 10 different uh, bartenders about, I need a cocktail for this and this topic in uh, by tomorrow afternoon um, then they probably will just go with the one that answers the first because anything that you have in front of you is always better than yeah. what maybe is coming later yeah yeah that's true yeah so i'm happy that i will write an article about you for drinks magazine as well so i see it as my task for the future because when i scroll down my blog yeah there are just a handful of Women's stories yeah, put and, more, and more I think, effort. Yeah. I think also what is really uh, great to see now is that there women are starting to to connect and they're starting to work together because you have wonderful conventions like uh, Parabere Forum, which is uh, next year going to celebrate five years, which is the first uh, gastronomy festival um, that uh, looks at things with a women's uh, woman's perspective. So it's um, for the last four years they've been gathering like four hundred delegates from I think. Uh, 20, 25 different countries uh, from all over the world where you can get together for two days and discuss uh, topics within food and drinks and flavor, but who are most of them are are strong, very successful, very uh, talented women. Oh, wow. What's the name of this festival? Uh, it's called uh, Parabere Forum. Um, I can send you the details. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Then I can maybe put the link in the show notes. And for myself, it sounds really interesting. The next one is in, in March next year. So you should definitely come. Oh, yes, that sounds great. Thank you, Monica. No, my pleasure. Thank you. Or is there anything that you maybe want my listeners um, to say as uh, some last words? <laughs> Well, I think um, I would just uh, like to thank you and, and all of your listeners, of course, to, for uh, listening to, to what I had to say. Um, and uh, hopefully I will see all of you uh, next year for uh, a drink or two. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good point that I wanted to ask you. Um, what can you tell, tell the listeners and me about your new bar? Oh, so uh, the the bar is uh, is in London, so you will have to come and visit us here. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, it's um, it's a bar that focuses on uh, flavor, obviously, uh, <laughs> but also uh, about being a, a social uh, connecting point for for people. That you can come, you can hang out, you can enjoy. It's not too serious. It's um, it's uh, in East London. Um, so it's uh, it's uh, quite uh, relaxed, um, and I, I wish I could tell you more, but it's uh, <laughs> it's, a, a little, it's it's still a secret. Yes, a little bit more. A secret, <laughs> okay. <yes. laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, the article that I will write for the drinks magazine will come out uh, next year, so maybe. I can give you some more info there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Really cool. Thank you so much, Monica. 
It no, was no pleasure. such a pleasure to have you on this podcast. And I'm so thankful that you took some time to talk to me and answer my questions. And thank you, you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So that was Monica. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed to talk to Monica. And I'm so thankful that she yeah, found time and um, has given me this great interview. I hope you liked it. I hope um, you want to share it maybe with your friends and colleagues. And it would be great if you follow me on iTunes, if you follow me on Instagram if you like my Facebook page and maybe you want to have a look at the article that comes out to this podcast episode. So all of the links to my pages, to my channels, to Monica's channels and pages, you can find easily in the show notes. And it would be great if you leave a review of this um, podcast on iTunes. So that really helps the show to grow and to continue. I just want to say thank you for listening. I again want to say thank you to Monica Burke for sharing her knowledge and her experiences. And I hope you had a good time with the podcast and I hope you have a good week now. And we will hear each other next week with another episode here at the No Cheese No Story podcast. Stay thirsty and cheers. Cheers.